The Truth News Network. When you hear the White House spokesperson and you think, can we all go back to Circle Back Girl now? You're looking at a problem. When a candidate for Supreme Court is asked, what is a woman? And the answer is, I don't know, I'm not a biologist. When she's in that chair answering that question precisely because she is a woman? How do you sort out that insanity? With the razor of truth. This is TNN, the Truth News Network. And your coach for today is Dan Newman. And I believe the correct word to describe what we're talking about is insanity. (laughs) Hi there, everybody. Hey, wait a minute. You can't label people, call them insane just because you disagree with their policies. Well, you wait a minute because that's exactly what has been normalized in the last two years in our government. We're going to get into a lot of this stuff this morning. And by the way, Don't you dare miss the second half hour of the show today. We have a doctor coming aboard. Did you know that our federal government has filed trillions of dollars worth of lawsuits against a doctor from Missouri? And it has to do with, guess what? Treatment of COVID-19. And his treatments work. That's probably why you have never heard of him. Now, when the doctor comes aboard, I'm going to ask him to give us the correct pronunciation of his name. It's Dr. Nepute, N-E-P-U-T-E. I said it now. I promise you there's better than a 50-50 chance I'm saying it wrong. But we're going to let him tell you his name. And we're going to let him explain why you've never heard of him. And our federal government just piled on lawsuit after lawsuit. And they're alleging he broke a specific law. So don't you dare miss it. He'll be aboard right at 9.30 this morning. So what are we going to talk about between now and then? We have a lot of stuff going on, really important things. And a lot of things are being covered up or at least not being talked about because Nobody on the left wants to be exposed for anything. Did you know your president, Joe Biden, will not explain to the American people, you know, the tens of billions, billions with a B, that we have sent to the nation of Ukraine, supposedly to help in their military action in defending their country against Russian uh, President Vladimir Putin. I mean, it just sounds so good. We're just being so good neighbors. We've sent, we think, about $60 billion. Joe Biden will not release any information about the specifics of where that money went. Uh Uh-oh. Do you smell maybe, just maybe a little fraud going on? Well, I don't know about that, but the whole thing is nobody knows about that. Well, some people do. But it would look like probably I'm going to be a prophet and tell you, I'm going to prophesy that January 3rd, when the House changes hands and Nancy Pelosi loses control of the big gavel that she brags about all the time, I will bet you, beginning with that, We're going to find out because of an investigation into this very thing. 
we're going to find that there's probably a little graft and corruption involved in that. Don't know that. I'm just telling you that's out there and it's being bandied around. But regarding this election that we just went through, um, it's pretty important that the Democrats lost control of the House of Representatives. Why is that? Well, because now Republicans get to get in the middle of this in leadership and really get some stuff started to make things maybe at least a little bit better by finding a lot of things that are a little bit, and some of them more than a little bit wrong. Welcome back. Republicans officially securing the House majority, winning the 218 seats required to flip the chamber. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis shutting down reporters this week, questioning uh, on whether if there's a post-midterm civil war brewing in the Republican Party. Watch this. Hey, people just need to chill out a little bit on some of this stuff. I mean, seriously, we just ran an election. We have this Georgia runoff coming, which is very important for Republicans to win that Georgia runoff. I mean, I know around the country, uh, Florida was kind of the, the biggest bright spot. It was not so bright in many other parts of the country. It was a, it was a, it was a substandard performance given the dynamics that are at play. Joining us right now is Montana Congressman, House Veterans Affairs Committee member, Matt Rosendale. Congressman, good to see you. Thanks very much for being here. What does this mean now that the GOP is in charge? Uh, how do things change in Washington? Well, that's what we're trying to determine right now, Maria. Um, if we continue to put the same people in the leadership positions with the exact same rules that are in place now, then we won't see any uh, change. Uh, it'll be like listening to the old rock song, meet the new boss, it's the same as the old boss. And there's a lot of people that are serving in the House of Representatives right now that want to make sure that they have an equal voice in, in what takes place up here. Uh, we've been hearing for years that Washington is broken and you just can't keep doing things the same way and hope that there's going to be a different outcome. Yeah. So that's why a group of us have gotten together and said, here's the proposals that uh, we need to pursue to make sure that we restore store uh, regular order back to Congress. Well, I want to get your take on what those proposals are, but let me just ask you, Kevin McCarthy has been saying now for a little while that, number one, his first priority uh, once he gets the gavel is to stop the uh, 187,000 new IRS agents that Joe Biden wants to hire with the $80 billion he wants to send to the IRS. Will you still be able to do that? And what about energy policy? Dwindling stockpiles of diesel have driven up prices uh, to a record premium. The price of diesel gas right now at $5.34 a gallon. That's up 47 percent from last year. I know House Republicans are planning to battle Biden's green agenda and unleash American energy. How are you going to do it? Well, that's exactly the things we're going to pursue, Maria. Uh, the Republicans and Natural Resource Committee, which I also serve on, introduced eight different pieces of legislation uh, during the, uh, this current Congress, and the Democrats won't even allow us to have hearings on those. And that was directly to increase our domestic oil production. We, we have the solutions. We just have to be able to bring them forward. And again, after we do bring them forward, we have to take and, and redistribute the power so that it's not consolidated 
eliminated into the hands of the speaker and a half a dozen hand-picked individuals. It doesn't matter whether it's Republican or Democrat run. We have to redistribute that power back amongst the body so that legislation, once it gets passed through committee, is allowed to come to the floor, is allowed to be debated and discussed amongst the entire chamber, and offers of amendments can be brought forward. Everybody in Montana is expecting their voice to be heard, as is the folks in Virginia and in Florida and in Texas. And the only way we're going to get that equal representation is if we redistribute the power that right now is consolidated in the speaker's hands and in a few hand-selected individuals. Congressman Batia Unger-Sargon here from Newsweek. Um, so nice to be speaking with you. Um, you know, in poll after poll leading up to the midterms, voters were very clear what their top priorities were. You know, the economy, inflation, crime, and the border. And they gave Republicans exactly. top billing on all those topics, right? It's very clear how the Democrats have failed on those three issues. And yet they did not deliver big wins and for, for Republicans. And one of the arguments was they couldn't clearly see how Republicans had a pathway to helping them on those issues. What's your response to that argument? I am glad that you brought that up. So we are going to, we always hear about the power of the purse. We are going to have to use the power of the purse. The United States representatives, regardless of what, what uh, who has control over the Senate or the White House, is charged with developing a budget and appropriating the funds. And we are going to have to take our type, top items, which is securing the border, as far as I am concerned, and uh, increasing our energy production and tie that directly to the budget so that we are able to force those uh, things to be accomplished. And by doing those two issues, uh, we're going to be able to reduce the crime rates. We're going to be able to address the fentanyl problem that is, is raging across our country, in Montana specifically. And by increasing our energy, we're going to dramatically impact uh, this inflation problem that we're experiencing now as well. The energy cost is, is one of the biggest driving uh, forces in our groceries and, and everyday life that we are experiencing this this rising inflation and what about funding to ukraine i know kevin mccarthy said that that was going to be something he was going to be willing to reconsider you know these billions and billions of dollars funding that war in ukraine what, what what's 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 the future of that I think that we need to take a really hard look at that. I've been screaming for us to uh, recalculate our, our support for financial uh, dollars just going out to Ukraine. And now we see this week that we have uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, who is tied in with FTX, and some of the funds that were going into Ukraine have been invested into FTX, and that is very concerning to me. We need to have a clear audit of, of the funding that was sent to Ukraine. I mean, how can we send $70 billion to Ukraine to secure their border, and yet our southern border is wide open? Yeah, well, I mean, let's look at that, because we've sent, uh, what, 13.6 billion in March, 40 billion in May, and then in November, uh, talking this 37.7 billion. So we're talking about 91.3 billion, and that's about 30 percent more than Russia's total military spending. From the very beginning of this Russian invasion of Ukraine, I've been speaking about where is all of the money going. I mean, it's it's one thing to help out a partner country, but $60 billion, maybe even more than that, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of taxpayer money. That's a lot of money 
that the United States doesn't even have the ability to justify spending those kinds of dollars, and it's coming directly against our debt. And everybody knows our government debt is over $30 trillion now. I'm for helping countries like Ukraine. I'm for helping countries stand up against international bullies like Vladimir Putin. But $60 billion, and it's pretty much unaccounted for in detail. More about that in just a few minutes. But anyway, we've got a new group of, um, what do you want to call them, sheriff, sheriffs in town or coming into town and in this transition period. You heard Congressman Mike Johnson on with us yesterday. He made it very clear. They are armed to the teeth, they being the leadership in the Republican Party in the House, and they're already beginning to put people on notice that, hey, the sheriff's coming, and you better get ready. You better be able to justify the things that you're doing and a lot of things that you're doing unilaterally. Um, I just dropped a mouse. Hang on just a second. You know, these days when you do broadcast at any level, even on network television, you can't do without a computer and you can't do without a mouse. I dropped mine. Never done that live on the air before. Never in my life. And I've been on the air, oh, I don't, tens of thousands of hours, broadcast radio and internet streaming. Anyway, I dropped my mouse. But there's so much disinformation out there. People just don't understand and people just don't know what the facts are. Congressman Mike Johnson made it very clear. Those days are over, at least for the next few years, because the Republicans in control of the House are going to make everything that they do in the way of investigations, in the way they handled oversight over our government, the American people, we're told now, We're told that doesn't necessarily mean that's the way it's going to be. But I trust Congressman Mike Johnson. And what he said was the American people are going to be watching, sitting right there and looking in on all of the graft and corruption that just seems to have poured into Washington, D.C. And I think we're going to find out that all that graft and corruption didn't just happen. It didn't just start with Joe Biden's inauguration back in 2021 in January. It's been going on in our government for a long, long time. And I'll tell you one more thing before we move on. It's not going to be just Democrats. Republicans are standing at the trough of corruption themselves. Not all of them, but many of them are. And what does it all go back to? We can say It goes back to the cabal wanting to build a world government and come up with a currency that can be used all across the world and this group of big-time authoritarians that have all the money, have all the power that will be controlling it all, they're using it. It It could go there, and it might go there. But let me tell you what drives this ship of corruption. The love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. And at about 9.30 this morning, you're going to hear of some of the crazy corruption that is going on that you don't know about. We're going to have a doctor on from Missouri. 
and his name is spelled N-E-P-U-T-E. I've tried to find a way to get the correct pronunciation, and I'm sorry, but I haven't so far. The first thing we'll do when we speak to the doctor is get him to tell us. The federal government made him, listen to this, the very first doctor during COVID that they went after with a then unknown law called, this is a federal law, the COVID Consumer Protection Act. They even wrote in documents that the doctor violated the act a few times, 12 million times, which totals a $40,000 fine for each of the wrongdoings. The result would be this doctor who was suggesting people boost their immune system by taking vitamins against COVID. He's being fined by the federal government. Listen, this is crazy. One half trillion dollars. <laughs> it's not laughable if you're on the receiving end of all of this, like the doctor is. But anyway, he's going to be here at the bottom of the hour and explain it. Meanwhile, guess what? There's some news, election news, coming out of Pennsylvania. Go figure. Listen to who's opened the door to this. Democrat Pennsylvania governor-elect Josh Shapiro. He has charged a former campaign consultant on Wednesday with wide-scale voter fraud. Philadelphia political consultant, a guy named Rasheen Cruz, was arrested yesterday, charged with forging signatures on nomination petitions so that he could get his Democrat clients on the ballot during the 2019 primary races back in Philadelphia. Here's what Shapiro's office said. In advance of the 2023 municipal elections, this arrest is an important reminder that interfering with the integrity of our elections is a serious crime. By soliciting and organizing this wide-scale forgery of signatures, the defendant undermined the democratic process and Philadelphians' right to a free and fair election. My office is dedicated to upholding the integrity of the election process across the Commonwealth to ensure everyone can participate in Pennsylvania's future. Authorities determined what this is about. Several Democrat candidates hired crews to help them get the required amount of signatures necessary to run in the primaries. Crews then recruited individuals who were invited to a hotel room where they were asked to write names, addresses, and forged signatures on multiple petitions. There's no cheating in elections. Those kind of things don't happen right. It seems like every election, for 90 days after the election, we hear about, oh my gosh, the fair elections that are supposed to be happening in states and local municipalities, even at the federal level. There's fraud. But we can't talk about it, because if we do, we put a bullseye on our foreheads, and this government, the Biden administration, is going after anybody and everybody that uses the F word. And of course, this F word I'm talking about is fraud, election fraud. You know, if you keep up with our stories that we publish here at 
tnnliveandtruthnewsnet.org. We talked about the other day how crazy, how silly, how stupid it is for our federal government and a bunch of Republicans to vote for the Democrats' far-left Respect for Marriage Act. But guess what? Yesterday in the Senate, it passed. And it passed with 12 Senate Republicans who voted with Democrats for this Respect the Marriage Act, which is reportedly designed to provide federal protections for same-sex and interracial marriages. Now, I I, got to be honest with you. Every American needs to have their rights, the real constitutional rights, the ones that are delineated in the document, but any other rights that come with being Americans. But in some cases, legislation that has passed, in many cases, we're finding out more and more every day how many of these cases there are out there. They just don't seem to be right. This measure in Congress, in the Senate, lawmakers voted to approve it 62 to 37. And that was after a bipartisan group of senators made changes in the bill to include one clause about religious liberty. So it's an amendment to this overall bill. When it was agreed upon, the bill would go back to the House before going back to President Biden. And of course, the White House has expressed support for it. Those 12 Republicans who voted for it include Roy Blunt, Richard Burr, Shelley Moore Capito, Susan Collins, Joni Ernst, Cynthia Loomis, Lisa Murkowski, Rob Portman, Mitt Romney, Dan Sullivan, Tom Tillis, and Todd Young. It's the Respect for Marriage Act. It was introduced after the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade due to Democrats' unfounded concerns, and they are unfounded, that the Supreme Court could use the Dobbs decision to overrule the court's Obergefell gay marriage decision. This measure passed the House in July with the help of 47 Republicans over there. But Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer agreed to postpone a vote until after the midterms so that lawmakers from both sides could go out and address religious liberty concerns. RFMA, that's the name of the bill, would repeal the Clinton-era Defense of Marriage Act. It would require the federal government to recognize any marriage that was valid in the place where it was entered into. The bill would also require every state to recognize every same-sex marriage that is valid in the state where the marriage was entered into. So, Slate, I don't know if you know anything about Slate. It's a online far, 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 far left news site. They wrote that the bill does not go as far as Obergefell. In that decision, the Supreme Court directed every state to license same-sex marriage, that is, to issue a marriage certificate to same-sex couples. The RFMA does not codify this component of Obergefell. So, the RFMA does not force Texas 
to issue a marriage certificate to a same-sex couple, but it does force Texas to recognize a marriage certificate issued to a same-sex couple by New Mexico. In a post-Oberfell world, a same-sex couple in Texas could drive to New Mexico, get a certificate, and force Texas to respect their marriage like any other. The bill does have a private right of action clause. What is that? That would allow anybody who is harmed by a violation of subsection B, yada, yada, to to bring a civil case in the appropriate district court of the U.S. against that person who violated a subsection for declaratory and injunctive relief. The law also allows, if it's passed, an attorney general to bring civil action against any person who violates the law. So what is the big hoo-ha about this? Well, there's a lot of different takes on it, a lot of different opinions. And as we are seeing over and over and over again, and as in his uh, confirmation hearings to the U.S. Supreme Court, one justice, sitting justice today, he made a statement about the laws that are passed by Congress They get out there in operation, and they're so vague when they pass them, they almost always guaranteed to come up in lawsuits because they are so vague and the specific parts of those laws were not added. And what this justice said was that this makes it okay and easy for people to disagree about what the law means when lawmakers could make that not be what happens simply by being careful and including all the terminology for every part of the bill so there's never a question about it. This bill is doing exactly the same thing. It is so vague. And since we have quote-unquote bipartisan support of it by all these Republicans, It's going to be an easy sell in the marketplace, but it will be weaponized. The Heritage Foundation's Roger Severino wrote that the so-called religious liberty amendment of the bill would provide nothing that is not already guaranteed. And it doesn't cover areas where forced participation in same-sex celebration still occur, like private bakers, florists, photographers, and other wedding vendors. The drafters of those amendments are conjuring the illusion of religious freedom while undercutting it in the same bill at every turn. Family Research Council President Tony Perkins said the bill opens the door to American persecution. Not only is this language light years more radical than the justices ruling seven years ago, cracking down on parents, charities, adoption agencies, teachers, Christian schools, counselors, and Bible-believing professionals, the government would be declaring open season on anyone who believes in marriage as it's always been, the union of a man and a woman. We're going to be watching this bill. I'm sure you will too, and we'll keep you posted on it, but I just can't understand why so many Republicans decided to support this thing. We're watching it. The Good Doctor from Missouri is up next at TNN Live. 
I pass through the trees. I leave behind the mountains. I wave in the air. I fly over the birds. And I wish when I complete my journey, I leave behind a better world. Honda Civic Hybrid, India's first hybrid car with IV Tech engine, leave behind a better world. Hi, I'm Jet Williams. Even though I never knew my father, Hank Williams, his legacy taught me the meaning of lending a helping hand. That's why I support the Orphan Foundation of America. OFA is committed to providing education, mentoring, and a workplace readiness for thousands of teens aging out of the foster care system. With the help of OFA's support programs, these young people can go to college and trade school, graduate, and make the leap from foster care to success. To learn how you can help, visit Orphan.org. Des Moines HelpWanted.com salutes the employee of the month. The one employee you can't live without. The others, let's just call them Dave. Dave, we need to talk about your sick days. What seems to be the problem, Mr. Employee of the Month? Last week you were out all five days. I was sick. Thanks for checking in. You posted on social media that you were at a comedy club on Monday. Laughter is the best medicine. An outdoor barbecue on Tuesday. Feed a cold, starve a fever, or whichever one needs to be fed. That's the one I had. Okay, Wednesday you took a selfie, hashtag faking sick. That was supposed to say freaking sick. Thursday you were at an amusement park. Somebody stole my phone. They stole your phone and uploaded photos of you at an amusement park. Yes, fake news. Friday, you tailgated in the employee parking lot. Friday's basically the weekend. Everyone knows that. If you don't mind hiring Daves, go to the huge national job boards. That's probably what you'll get. But if you want more employees of the month, go where local job seekers find good local jobs. We don't discriminate against people named Dave. Dave is a common name, fun to say, and so we're using it as a catch-all for lackluster employees everywhere. Please don't write us to tell us you were insulted by this ad. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Too much spin on your plate? How about a diet of truth? The Truth News Network sets your table. And here again to serve it up is Dan Newman. Testing, one, two, three. I I lost myself there for a second. Anyway, joining us on the phone I think from Missouri, he's got offices all around. Dr. Naputi, we told you a little bit about him. Doc, are you there? Yes, sir. Good morning, my friend. How are you today? Thank you for telling us hello. Thank you so much for coming aboard. Now, I'm not going to try to steer you in what you say in this interview. I told you just a few seconds ago, this is not broadcast radio, so we don't have to worry about the FCC. All we have to worry about is what you and I think about what you say and I'm giving you the green light, I want you to give us the entire picture of everything you've gone through. And we covered throughout the pandemic, we covered it exhaustively. And we had some of the big doctors, many of the big doctors that weathered the uh, the oppression of the government. We've had them on. You're one, though, that has got a really monstrous story because our federal government's find you half a trillion dollars for what happened. So lay this thing out for us. Help us understand what happened. Well, Dan, many, many people have been through some crazy stuff over the last two years. And, and this story, I believe, absolutely takes the cake. First of all, I want everybody to know I'm just the son of a pig farmer from central Illinois. I've been on my own since I was 15. All I do is work and serve. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. And I'm just a, a good old guy trying to, you know, make a difference in this world. And when 2020 hit um, and 
the federal government and the powers that be said, look, there's no solution to help people with COVID. Uh, you know, go if you get diagnosed with COVID, go home, take some Tylenol. Hopefully your lips don't turn blue. And uh, if it, if they do go to the hospital and they'll put you on the Fauci formula, which has a, you know, very high mortality rate. I thought this is absolute craziness. So we started recommending, I'm a primary care provider. I'm also a doctor of chiropractic and a, a doctor of natural medicine. And we started recommending a protocol, 150-year-old protocol for flus, colds, viruses, and et cetera that includes high-dose vitamin D, high-dose zinc, quercetin, vitamin C, lifestyle changes, and et cetera. And we thought, and I still believe, we're doing the right thing, educating, inspiring, and motivating people to take proactive measures to help their health. Well, the federal government didn't agree with, with that message. In fact, they disagreed wholeheartedly. And they accused me of violating something called the COVID Consumer Protection Act. And what that is, is it's a law that was actually signed into uh, place by Donald Trump in December of 2020. Now, many people remember this 3,000-page omnibus bill, this COVID bill that was signed so that we could get paycheck protection money, we could get COVID money out, we could keep the economy going per se to stay home during this situation, if you will. Well, Trump signed this, and it was a big uproar because there are things in there that we didn't know about. And one of them was this very little known new law that says if anybody uses fraud or fear to profit during COVID, that the federal government and the FTC is going to come after them. I think that's a great law. I think if you tell people, like, for example, <laughs> to take a vaccine uh, that, that's going to stop the spread of a virus uh, and you get this shot, you'll be fine. And the reality of it is, is that they lied to you about that and they profited $100 billion. I think that somebody should go after them. However, they chose to go after me instead for telling people to take vitamins, minerals, nutrients, and et cetera. And they said that I violated this COVID Consumer Protection Act. And they said that there's a $40,000 penalty, Dan, for every violation. And the federal government has accused me of violating this 12,555,000 times, which is the equivalent of half a trillion dollars in potential fines and penalties for a civil complaint. And that's let, right, let me, half a trillion. Let me ask you this. Who yep. was the guy that had to sit down and count how many infractions there were against you? Well, that's a great question because not only do we don't do we not know that answer, which we've asked, we also don't know who our accusers are. And I thought that we had the right to know who our accusers were whenever you're being accused of something. Sure. Not only did the federal government come after me for half a trillion dollars for standing up and, and giving people hope and options, let me tell you a little bit about what they did. And this is the reason why – listen – Dan, people get upset and they say, why don't more doctors stand up against this tyranny? Well, let me tell you what they do when you do stand up. Not only do they come after you with alphabet agencies like the FTC and DOJ and come after you for half a trillion dollars, which is a number that literally is laughable, by the way. But let me tell you what else they've done. The federal government colluded with my banks and my businesses. I've had a stellar business reputation for over 20 years. I've had five banks shut our bank accounts down for our businesses or freeze our accounts and force us to move elsewhere to stop our business services because of an accusation. Now, please remember, I've been accused. I still haven't been to trial yet. I've been fighting to get to trial so that I can have my day in court against these criminals. 
And one of the things they did was they shut down our banks, five of them. Um, they also colluded with uh, the the big tech, so so Facebook, Google, and et cetera. In fact, we we were doing a tremendous amount of business on Facebook and have in social media for years, ever since it was uh, was around. They colluded with the, with uh, Facebook to shut us down completely. Uh, they also got a hold of the insurance companies. Now listen to this. I've been in practice for 20 years. I, I, I've had maybe one or two post-payment audits like most doctors get. In the last 18 months, I've been audited by all the major insurance players, including Medicare. By the way, I've not had to pay back a penny to any of these insurance uh, uh, audits. But they put us on a post-payment review, which means that if you're a patient coming to my practice, your insurance is not going to cover the care uh, that we give you uh, for three to six months. They're doing this literally to try to bankrupt me, to run me out of money. They also sent a hit piece out to the Associated Press globally. And before they even approached me and said, hey, Dr. Naputi, we're concerned about what you're doing and we don't uh, agree with your information – and we'd like to see your data, which is the process they're supposed to go through legally, Dan, they went right to the DOJ and filed a, a lawsuit against me. And like I told you, I've been fighting this now for almost almost two years. And um, the Federal Trade Commission and the, the DOJ, when we showed them over 100 articles that support the data points that we're saying and over 17 randomized controlled double-blind studies supporting our evidence and – the, the three expert witnesses that are world-renowned experts on vitamin D, zinc, and et cetera, we asked the federal government, when are you going to lose your enthusiasm for this case? And here's exactly what the government said. They said, listen, we're coming after Dr. Naputi as the first doctor for the COVID Consumer Protection Act. We've drawn our sword against him to set precedence. We are not going to put our sword away until there's blood on it. Dan, they don't care about the truth. They have, a, they have their own narrative that they're trying to push. And they're trying to ruin my life, my livelihood, and our future to, to prove their point, which is exactly what the federal government does. This is literally out of a movie. There's so much more that we can discuss with this, but I just want that to sink into your listeners for a minute. So it's hard to get frustrated with your doctors if they don't stand up against this tyranny because, because not a lot of people can handle this type of, of, of pressure. I mean I've spent $3.5 million defending myself already against the government and look i don't i'm not a silver spoon guy i wasn't born in billionaire millionaire family i've worked hard my entire life spent my life savings cashed out my retirements literally just sold some property and a vehicle so that we can continue to pay our legal bills because i'm not going to back down against this tyranny they've offered me multiple settlements to walk away and to make this be gone but i didn't do anything wrong and i want my day in court and they're trying to bankrupt us and slow roll this so that I don't get there. Let me let me interject something here. Um, I'm in the medical business. I have been for 32 years. I have a a, a very large. Uh, um, it's not a billing agency. We manage receivables for practices all over the United States, hospitals, clinics. I'm very familiar with dealing with that. We also have a friend of this show who he and his three sons, his family, were overseas for 25 years, and they were using natural treatments for not just COVID-19, but others. He went to uh, Colombia as a medical missionary. He and his sons had tremendous success there, but he had a clinic in Florida, 
and his sons were operating the clinic there with their families, and they were treating these people with natural remedies, some of those that you've been using. He got crossways with the Fauci conglomerate, and the DOJ came after him. He himself, he's been on this show live from prison. He and his sons have been in federal prison for 18 months. They, like you, can't get in front of the people with a jury trial so that they could defend themselves. They've been charged, but they've never even been given a bail hearing. We don't hear about this stuff. And you've been on OAN and Fox News and BBC, Israeli TV, other radio podcasts and other shows. But you know who we're not seeing in this? You haven't been on ABC. You haven't been on CBS. You haven't been on ABC. And those are the legitimate news agencies that should be covering stuff like this. I just want you to know you're not alone. There are a lot of other people that are in the same spot you're in. But they don't have, as you haven't had, the big megaphone to get the truth blasted out to the American people. And so we have a big audience. And uh, it's not just in the United States. We're being listened to in 92 different countries. I want everybody that's listening right now to make some noise in your town, in your city, and let people know about what's happening in middle America with this doctor just for using natural remedies. It's nothing he created. It's in nature. Dan, let me tell you how crazy this is. You're, you're 100% right. And and look, I'm just a Midwestern guy that was raised with values. If you have the ability to do something, you have the responsibility to do it. You know, one of the big reasons why they came after us as well, I don't know if you remember this, but in, in 2020, uh, Boris Johnson, the, the prime minister of the UK at the time, made a public announcement that they were going to give away for free vitamin D to the most vulnerable people in uh, the UK because they saw the benefits of vitamin D for reducing severity of infection and et cetera. And, and so I said, all right, that's great. I've got a lot of political connections here in Missouri. I went to speak with those political connections that, Hey, what if we did this here? Can we use some of the COVID money here? Uh, we can get this vitamin D at cost. We can give it out to people in our state and try to stop some of this suffering, literally coming from a servant's heart. And they said, no, look, we, we can't do that. That's not what this money is allocated for. I said, fine, I'll do it myself. So I gave away for free over almost 2 million bottles of vitamin D and zinc to people across this country. I paid for it out of pocket. Now, I, I couldn't pay for shipping and handling. People had to pay that, but I gave that away. I, I endured that expense because during the pandemic, I'm trying to do everything I can to help educate, inspire, motivate, and empower people. And, and what's crazy about it is they came after me for that as well. And what's in what's in crazy, crazy, crazy about all this is after we showed the government everything, my expert witnesses testified, listen to this. The federal government has one expert witness, and this gentleman has no expertise in vitamins, minerals, nutrients, <laughs> et cetera. Has naturally, none of them. Naturally, yeah. Now listen to what he does have expertise in. He's a virologist. Uh-huh. And we found out through a private investigator that this expert witness, this so-called expert, took a $9 million grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation from Gavi to do what? To produce vaccines. You think that's a conflict of interest? <laughs> of I mean, course it's, it it's is. It's insane. It's insane. 
And then when you look at when you look at what the government's doing, I mean, the fact that that when they went after my license, the complaint wasn't what I said. Dan, it wasn't what I said. They were upset with how many people heard the message. Yeah. I mean, think about that for a minute. And and by the way, we now have over a hundred plus peer-reviewed studies that support what my my statements were about vitamin D and zinc and how it's a great idea to boost the, the immune system and helps people. Even Tony Fauci came out publicly and said that he recommends and uses vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc, and, and it's effective. So it, this is literally a political show. We have all the facts on our side, and I do have a pathway forward to a trial, and I'm willing to stand in the gap, but I need help. And 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 General Mike Flynn, God bless him, said this about me recently at, a, at an event we were at. Dr. Naputi was one of the first doctors to stand up. He, he's one that's still standing, and he's the last one that's asked for any help. I mean, Dan, I'm at a point where the government is trying to literally bleed us so that we can't make it to trial. And, and if we can make it to trial, we can win this thing. And, and, and this is a trial against our First Amendment right, freedom to speak. This is, a, 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 this is also a trial against the freedom of the press. I mean, they shut us down on social media and our podcast and radio. They shut all this down because they didn't want our message to be heard. And, and this is also – this is natural medicine on trial. We found out through this discovery process that Senator Dick Durbin out of Illinois and a bunch of other co-conspirators have a bill on the floor that is going to try to put the nutritional industry under the control of the Food and Drug Administration, which will limit people's ability to have access to natural healing remedies that we've had access to from nature for centuries. If they get a hold of this, this is going to be the end of us being able to help ourselves from our health like we, we, we have for, for decades. And Dan, if they, if they prevail against me or if they force me into a settlement because I just can't continue to fight, which I'm not going to do, I'd rather die on this hill than bow uh, to this tyrannical government, then, then it sets a precedent. And the precedent is if you as a doctor don't follow what the government tells you that you have to do, which is socialized medicine and communism, by the way, then we're going to come after you with the full force of the federal government. This is not right on so many levels. It's not even funny. When I tell this story to people, they're like, there's no way this can happen. There's no way that in America this is how doctors are being treated. But this is exactly what's happening to me. And even my attorneys, who are very mainstream attorneys that really had no idea about the COVID narrative and the politics behind this at the beginning, are now all saying, oh, my gosh, this is completely political. We cannot believe the way that you've been treated. The federal government is has only one tactic – and that is the tactic of forcing you, trying to bankrupt you, trying to ruin your life and everything you've worked for for the last 40 years uh, so that you can't make it to trial to give them a black eye. So, so Dan, I need help. I need prayers. I'm a God-fearing, gun-toting, you know, conservative American. I, I, I am who I am, and I, I've never asked for help in my life ever. I need prayers like it's nobody's business. And if God puts it on your heart to help donate to this cause, I promise you that every penny, every single penny that I get is going towards fighting this tyrannical government. And we put a website together. Actually, a friend of ours put it together for us where people could go and listen to all these interviews and, and follow this case. And you can go to fightwithericcom That's fightwithericcom and learn more about it there. And we've just been so blessed. I mean, God is literally providing a way, Dan, for all of us to fight this thing. But it's been tough, my friend. And like you said, you've got friends of yours that have been 
been pushed down by this tyrannical government before your, your friends you were telling me about that are, you know, being oppressed with medical tyranny. And I'm sure they will tell you that, that not only does this drain you financially, but emotionally and physically, what this has done to my health, what this has done to my, unfortunately, I have three small children that are suffering because of this. And my wife, who's been with me since we were in the seventh grade, we're all just standing up and doing what's right. This is this is not okay. This should not be allowed in the United States of America. And I'm a patriot. I did not get to serve this country, you know, in, in the armed services. But as a doctor, when COVID hit, I thought this was my opportunity to shine and help the world, just like other doctors did, to stand up and to show people that they don't have to live in fear and they don't have to, they don't have to succumb to this tyrannical pressure. And and look what the reward that we get from the government. Now I know this is good versus evil, but my friend, it's it's a difficult battle. Yeah. And they just they just postponed our trial again. Imagine that it was supposed to happen next week. Now they pushed it back until March of 2023, and and our attorneys are like, look, it's going to probably cost you another two million dollars to get to and through trial, and that's the tactic the federal government has. So I just need prayer. I need prayer more than anything for myself and my family. And I know God's going to provide and people can go pray with us and, and donate with us. If they go to that site, fightwitheric.com. Listen, we had Dr. Judy Mikovits on this show before COVID actually was formally identified and tagged. I don't know if you know her, but she was, I know, I know her personally. She's okay. a friend of mine. You know what she went through with Dr. Fauci and, yes. uh, they even before this all came out, they weaponized and put her in a, a a room somewhere she didn't even know where it was. Came to her house in the middle of the night, took her husband didn't know where she was, and it was all over a document that she had authored. And Fauci was trying to force her to give it up so he could give it to a buddy to publish, and the but the buddy make a bunch of money. That was way back. In the early 2000s, that happened. And to get out of that, she had to sign or agree to a gag order from a judge where she couldn't say a word about it for 10 years. After the expiration, within two weeks, she came on our show and it all ramped up and started again against her. Do you have any options right now, any way out other than pleading guilty, which anytime you cut a deal with the federal government, they only let you out no matter what it is they offer you to get out. The number one thing they require is you plead guilty. And I know you're not going to do that at this point. I pray that you don't have to do that, that this goes to trial. But just like our friends from Southwest Florida, they, the, 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 the three sons, two of the three sons, their wives have had babies while they've been in jail. They can't even see their babies. They can't even talk to their wives in person. None of that kind of stuff. It's the federal government, and they've moved their trial back three different times. Two and a half years they've been doing this. This is not right. We're going to stand with you, and we're going to tomorrow. This will be the front page story on our website, truthnewsnet.org. We will include this entire interview And I want all of our listeners in the U.S. and around the world to make sure they listen to this and know the federal government, their government, is doing this, and not just to the ones that we've had on this show before, but they're still doing it and ramping it up. 
And it's all about power over people in medicine of all things. And I want to tell you, Dr. Naputi, you're a brave man. Uh, you're one of my heroes, and I don't have many in my life. I have people that I've interacted with through the years that are really great people, including General Mike Flynn, who's been on this show. And it just seems like when you do something good, when you're an American and you get into capitalism and you achieve, and especially in the healthcare profession where you're doing the work to heal people and give people a better chance for a better life, and then the federal government comes down and attacks you based upon power and hiding some of the things that are going on, we got your back. We're going to be in this thing with you till the end, I promise you. Well, Dan, I appreciate that more than you know, and I got to tell you, you know, and I hope you all your listeners can appreciate this. Like I said, I, I'm just the son of a pig farmer from central Illinois that was raised to, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. And I've, all I've done is work and serve my whole life. It's so hard for me to tell the world this story. It's so hard for me to accept help from other people. But I, I, I tell you what, I had a conversation with, with God the other day. It was a couple months back. And he said, look, Eric, I'm not going to waste your stress. I'm not going to waste your sacrifice. I'm not going to waste your suffering. But I'm also not going to waste the miracle on you unless you know that this is about me and about we the people. And as long as you're going to champion this thing, I'll provide a way. I'll get you to trial. I'll provide the funding. I'll provide the protection. I'll give you a path forward to go after these people and to win this and to make sure that this never happens again. And and, and we've got that provision. And And I cannot tell you how just humbled I am by the support that people like yourself and your amazing listeners have given us. I mean, I'm so humbled because we really are standing and it's not easy. I could have taken a settlement. Like you said, the federal government has offered me multiple settlement options to walk away from this thing. But guess what comes with that? A gag order. Yeah. And when the gag order comes, they can write their narrative the way they want. I would lose my license, my livelihood and everything I worked for. And I'll tell you, I'm literally looking at a flag right now of the United States of America, and I am a patriot to the 90th power, and I know that people died so that I could have the First Amendment right of freedom of speech and, and to practice the way that I want to practice and to give people options, and I know that people died for that. And this is my opportunity to give back to this world and this community. We've got the path forward. I just need the support, my friend, and I'm not, I'm not going to bow. I'd rather die on this hill and lose everything than to be an old man sitting at my my table when my great-grandbabies come to me and say, hey, great-grandpa Naputi, did, what did you do during COVID? What happened when the tyrannical government came after you? Did you bow or did you stand for what you believed in and stand for what's right? I know what the history books are going to say about me, my friend. I'm willing to carry this load. But I need the help of we the people in order for me to get there and get it done. And prayers, 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 Dan, is, is what I need, my friend. You got that. L listen to listen to what I'm going to tell you. We don't we don't Please. monetize this website. We don't ever ask anybody for anything. We don't sell anything. It costs nothing to be part of what we're doing here. And I'm saying that as a disclaimer for what I'm about to say. Everybody listening right now, I'm challenging you to go to Dr. Naputi's website, listen and look at all of the videos that are posted up there. And I'm going to challenge you to go to the give. Is it, is it, uh, how is it, is it a, a, 
a specific. There's two ways to do it. There's two ways to do it. You can go to the site. The site is is fightwitheric.com. Right. And there's a way to to give prayers and there's a way to donate there. There's also you can simply go to give send go and just look up fightwitheric.com or fight with Eric on give send go. And I'm just blown away by the the support. I mean. I was at an event in Branson, Missouri, speaking with General Flynn and, and the crew two weekends ago, and there was a line of people, and I'm trying not to cry when I'm telling you this. I'm sorry. I'm a big, burly male, but this is this is just so beautiful. There was a line of people after I spoke, and, and all these beautiful people, these these little old ladies and these <laughs> tall trucker biker guys and everybody in between that were shaking my hand and hugging me and giving me a kiss and throwing $5 and $10 and $20 wow. and, and, and just helping. And I was so humbled by that. And every one of them said, thank you for standing up for us. And I just got to tell you, Dan, that's why I'm doing this, man. This is not about me. I, I'm telling you, I'm a humble servant and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to take this past the goal line. I'll take the hits. I don't mind taking the hits so that other people can benefit, but I just, I just need those prayers and I need that help. My friend, we got this, we got a path forward. Our trial is going to be in March. We're teed up and we're ready to win this. I've just got to be able to get to the finish line and stand strong. I can promise you we're going to have a trial in front of the jury of my peers in the great state of Missouri. And let me tell you something about Missouri. Missouri men and women, we aren't really trusting the government right now. <laughs> we don't want people to come in our backyard and kick around one of our men and women that stood for us. And, and I promise you, we will prevail. I know we will prevail, and it will be a victory for all of us, Dan. We got I'm your, excited to carry we, that load. We got your back. I want everybody to go to, let's just do it the easy way. Go to your website. Go to Dr. Eric's website and uh, do the videos. Listen to exactly what's going on. Get the details. But I want you to go then, and I want you to donate. I know everybody listening is going to pray for the doctor and his family as they face this and have no idea what's coming down the road. We're going to do that anyway, but I want you to donate because this man needs the help of other patriotic Americans to get this to the finish line. And I got to be honest with you. There's no question in my mind that at the end of all of this, the light's going to come on and the American people are going to realize the fraud that's been perpetrated, not just on the American people, but people like Dr. Deputy, who's put his life on the line for the American people and has done great works. And the government that is supposed to be serving us, but they think we're serving them. And because we don't fall in line, the doctor didn't fall in line. They're ruining his life. Fightwitheric.com. Fightwitheric.com. Doctor, you now have my telephone number. I'm going to challenge you. You call me anytime, and when you want to go back on the air when something new happens, you give me a call. You've got instant access, 24-7. You just let me know. Wow. Dan, thank you so much. I'm so humbled by your support, and I'm truly, I really, truly am humbled by the support of all the American patriots that are out there, and um, and I will take you up on that, and, and thank you so much for this opportunity to let me get this story out. You have a great day. Our prayers, not just our dollars, our prayers are with you. Go with God. Amen. Thank you, sir. We'll Thank talk you soon. very much. God we'll bless you We'll talk again all. soon. Bye-bye. Dr. Eric Naputi, what a story. We had Dr. Judy Mike of its own. We were the first place she went when she got rid of that gag order. 
We've had her. We've had the others. We've had them all on. It's time for Americans to stand up and take our government back. Just because you think something's right doesn't mean it's right. Just because you think something's wrong doesn't mean it's wrong. But always get the truth about right and wrong here at TNN, the Truth News Network. Does it matter to you that all our chefs are well-trained? Or that our kitchens are both SLSI and GMP certified? That we freshly bake goodies throughout the day? Well, it matters to us to know that your family will enjoy every bite. At Kiehl's, we're fresh because of what we do. But more than that, we're fresh because of you. It's Super Salmon Days down at Fish Brothers. For a limited time, bring in any fish and get a child salmon entree free. You heard right. Bring in any fish and get a free child salmon entree. And I mean any fish. Got a swordfish lying around? Bring it in. Got a goldfish you're sick of feeding? Bring it in. Got a fish that's been sitting in the sun for a few days? Bring it in. We'll throw it in with the rest of them. What we do with the fish is nobody's business but ours. Just enjoy your salmon $8.99 with our famous stew. So, welcome on into Fish Brothers Seafood Themed Restaurant, where everything's a great catch. Except the shrimp. You know, this is still the greatest nation in world history. There's no doubt about it. But when the government of any nation makes themselves the authority and the party that is controlling everything in the lives of its citizens, it ceases to be what this country was founded to be, a nation of the people, by the people, and for the people. I hate to say this, but Dr. Naputi's story is it's not its not the only one out there just like this. We're not hearing about them because the government and all of its minions control the messaging in the United States. They haven't got the Internet yet. And I say that, I'm not being negative, I'm not being uh, uh, woe is me, person. I'm not that. Anybody that knows me is knows my glass is always half full. But you just don't know how far the government will go if we the people don't stand up and say enough is enough. Dr. Naputi, Dr. Judy Mikovits, the family that you've heard on this show three, four, five, six times still in prison every time they get a trial date because what they're doing is demanding a trial, a jury trial in front of their peers so that those people can see and know exactly what our federal government did with no authority other than we're the federal government and we can do it. It doesn't matter what the law says, we're going to do it. And they're going to continue to do that until the American people stand up and say, stop, just stop it. Now, he's a Missourian. There's another Missourian that uh, is plugged in, and we hear a lot from him and about him here at TNN Live. I'm talking about U.S. Senator Josh Hawley, who a lot of people think that he should run for the president. He's made it very clear he's not interested in that. I can see him maybe down the road he's a young guy, but he is all in for the people. 
And Senator Hawley is really concerned about the nation, especially what we just went through in the election, and especially about his own party. Here's what the senator had to say about it yesterday. I think that this election was the funeral for the Republican Party as we know it. The Republican Party, as, as we have known it, is dead. And voters have made that clear. And in particular, the folks who did not vote for Republicans in this last election were independent voters, working class independent voters, folks who voted for President Obama uh, once upon a time, folks who then voted for President Trump but stayed home this time. We are not a majority party unless we can appeal to those voters. Yeah, I mean, he's not sugarcoating it. He's saying the Republican Party is dead now. I, I don't think it's dead to such a degree that he's saying, Mayor, but we don't have to split hairs on the, on the verbiage exactly. The point is the Republican Party has a huge opportunity right now. Huge opportunity right now. If it did not go the way you wanted it to go roughly a week ago, uh, even though, okay, you, you got the House, so there are some good moments here, right? Um, but if it didn't work out, and you got to look at those independents and those working class people, it's like you got an argument. If you're Donald Trump, you absolutely have an argument. Hey, it was better when I was when I was doing it. If you're Ron DeSantis, you got an argument. Look at everything I've done in Florida, and I won by 20 points. So there is a rich opportunity now for Republicans, and I think the more that they grab the mantle of hey, we are not here to solve all of your problems. I know an awful lot of people, a huge amount of people, way too many people. Uh, they just want more stuff from the government, right? That is the that is the Democrat promise. And there's a whole bunch of people who don't understand why that's not really the American way. So if 40% of the electorate <clears throat> just wants more stuff, they want higher taxes so that we can take from some and give to others, we have to accept that that is reality. We, have to, we can wake those people up when we can, um, but it is not in the American ethos. We have to return to something like Ronald Reagan was talking about in the 80s, which is that government is the problem not the solution. Isn't that a shame? Our government is the problem and not the solution. You know who the solution is? It's you and I. It's the American people. It's we the people. It's we who need to stand up and we need to take control, and I mean hands-on control, of our government. If we don't hold officials in the government responsible they're going to just do whatever they want to do. And boy, is that happening a lot. I mentioned going in, what's going on in Ukraine. We know what's going on. It's uh, it's genocide on some other level by the Russians of the Ukrainian people. But here we are. We're standing up and we want to make it look like, at least our government wants to make it look like, we're the pillars of freedom. We're the good guys. We're going to we're going to stand up against every bully on the planet for any country, and we're just going to send them billions of dollars. And that's what we're doing to show exactly how good we are. President Biden, every couple of days we hear, I'm sending more aid, $10 billion, $2 billion, whatever. So Brian Kilmeade of Fox, he does a, um, a podcast. And yesterday, he kind of got into this whole thing about what's going on in Ukraine. And he had Josh Rogan in. Josh Rogan, you may know, is a uh, an author. Uh, he's a pundit. And uh, he got Rogan on the show about this Ukraine thing. Rogan stated, there are a lot of people in both parties that have real concerns about this money 
I mean, $54 billion so far. And I think he's, I think he's counting low. I think it's a little over 60 billion, but he continued. Now the president's asking for another $38 billion. That's a lot of U.S. taxpayer money. I get that. I think that's also true that the administration hasn't done enough, to be honest, to keep Congress in the loop. Now, wait a minute. Let me stop right there. We have three co-equal branches of government. You have the executive branch, which obviously is President Biden and everybody that works for him in the executive uh, level. We have the legislative level which is the United States Congress, House and Senate. And then we have the judiciary, which starts at the top with the U.S. Supreme Court. Listen, if you don't know this, I'm going to give you a quick history lesson. Co-equal means there's not one branch of those three that has more power than either of the other two. And all three of them are charged constitutionally with being the watchdogs over the other two. Now, isn't that a great plan that our forefathers put in place to control government? Why would they do that? Well, it's because they came here from Europe, and every one of them came here from nations with governments that are top-down. In other words, the people at the top control every part of the laws, enforcing the laws, or not enforcing the laws, and they control all the money and everything the government does, the nation does, and everything it doesn't do. And if you don't listen to them, they can do anything they want to, to you. And they do. So it doesn't look like right now to me that we have three co-equal branches of government. The executive branch has seized power and control from the people. Now, it's not just the president. It's not just the Biden White House. It includes the intelligence community and the law enforcement community, agencies like the FBI, Homeland Security. Many of you probably didn't even know that. The Biden administration, and it probably, I'm pretty sure it didn't just happen in the Biden administration. However, I do believe Biden was part of the machine that made it begin to happen in those eight Obama-Biden years because we saw the remnants of that as we came into the Donald Trump administration where the FBI just went rampant. I mean, behind the scenes, American people didn't have any idea. That didn't just begin this whole process of big government It just showed it to the American people because Donald Trump wouldn't sit still. He wouldn't be quiet. And he wanted the American people to know what's going on in that particular branch of government, the executive branch. So Rogan is talking about, we don't know about that 54 or $60 billion that he sent to Ukraine. It's not like the Ukrainian government sent the president a list of everything they needed and his administration very quickly made sure that they really needed this stuff and then took it to the other branch of government. You know, the one that's supposed to initiate every spending situation that happens by our government. He didn't even talk to Congress. So now he's having to talk to Congress. 
and Congress is finally stepping up and saying, as Rogan said, that's a lot of U.S. taxpayer money. Rogan continued, I think that's also true that the administration hasn't done enough, to be honest, to keep Congress in the loop. They won't tell them exactly what the money is going for. There's not a clear strategy to end this thing. And so I think, first of all, the Biden people, but also the Democrats in Congress, made a big mistake by ignoring those concerns for the first year of the war and saying, oh, well, the Republicans are just going to go along. So first of all, I just want to say that there are legitimate concerns about the money that I totally agree. At the same time, there are a smaller portion of Republicans that just want to give one more dollar to Ukraine. And Rogan said, I strenuously disagree with that. I think that would be crazy and dangerous. And snatching defeat from the jaws of victory and pulling the rug out from our allies and signaling to the entire world that autocracy is on the march and that our friends are not our responsibility. So I think the leadership, Representative Kevin McCarthy, Republican from California, who's about to assume the role of Speaker of the House, taking Nancy Pelosi's gavel away from her, he said especially Kevin McCarthy and his team are looking for a way to add accountability, accountability, which is good. But they're also considering maybe cutting the economic aid to Ukraine, which Rogan said is bad. Rogan, he just hit on exactly what's going on right now. Exactly. Because he said this. Here's the the last thing he said that I I, I want to make sure I, I'm going to repeat what he said. Talking about um, not giving Ukraine any more aid. I think that would be crazy and dangerous and snatching defeat from the jaws of victory and pulling the rug out from our allies and signaling to the entire world. This is the part that he should have nailed on harder, and I am. Signaling to the entire world that autocracy is on the march and that our friends are not our responsibility. So let me use that and reflect something that I think every American needs to begin to look in their rearview mirror and kind of compare what happened in the four Trump years to what's happening in the Biden two years so far. Autocracy. Rogan said it. Autocracy is on the march. Now, what did Democrats do the entire four years that Donald Trump was in office, even when he was running for president? He wants to be a dictator. He's a TV star. He's not a politician. Come on now. Average American, they hear that, and it's kind of like, so we need one of those for a change. And he was a temporary TV star, and he's never been a politician, Donald Trump, until he ran for office for president, his very first time to get into politics, with the exception of writing a bunch of checks through the years to some of the same people that are sitting up on Capitol Hill right now, and they're making every effort they possibly can so that Donald Trump doesn't even have a chance to run for president again or any other office. But look at what was accomplished in those four years. It wasn't 
a Congress production that produced all that. Donald Trump just made a bunch of promises while he was campaigning of things he was going to do. Every politician does that. Just elect me. I'm going to bring you everything you possibly want. I'm going to lay it at your feet. That's pretty much what they all say. Donald Trump made a bunch of promises. No big deal. That's a yawner. Everybody else does. But Donald Trump did every one of the things that he promised during his campaign that he could do. The only things that he did not get done were the ones that he had resistance and he could not push through. Let me tell you the difference, the big difference. There are a bunch of them, but the big one between Donald Trump and Joe Biden regarding governing. Biden would just go ahead and do it, whatever it is. And he wouldn't have brought it to Congress in the first place, so he could just do it on his own and some of it nobody's ever going to see. Or they'll see it and just think, hey, Congress backed this. You see where I'm going with this? That's the definition of autocracy. And this government right now was about to become a pure weapon of autocracy if the House did not turn to control by the Republican Party. And Republicans will take the spots in the various committees of Congress that if this had been another two years of Joe Biden with the House and the Senate, there is no telling what this nation would look like. I'm serious. We think it's bad. We think it got bad. We think our inflation is bad. Oh, by the way, before we go to a break, let me tell you what's up about inflation. We're hearing this 8.0% inflation rate. That's what we're hearing. This is probably going to make you spit in your coffee if you're drinking your third cup now. If we today, if our economists today were using the same formulas to compute inflation as was being used before the Obama administration, they changed it. If the same formula was used, do you know what our inflation rate would be if this was in 2001 and 2 and 3? This is going to make you mad. It would be 16.5%. But we got to change things. We got to be more formal. We've got to be more mathematically intelligent. How do they come up with the formula they use now? They take specific things that have always been used and they just took them out. It's bad. And we've got to correct it. Let me just say this an autocratic government is not the answer. We, the people, we got to take this thing back. Lowe's knows you're a craftsman guy. You have a lot of tools. Tools for everything you've done around the house. But there's the moment you realize your new project means new tools. Yes. When tool guys need new tools, they start with Lowe's. The new home of Craftsman. I'm a Verizon engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in New York City. 
With the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for. Only from Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities. Welcome back to the King Value Radio Network. I'm your host, Sandy. And I'm your other host, Carl. Sandy, we are getting loads of calls today about the fresh new $1 double crispy cheesy burger. Well, hello. With two flame-broiled patties, crispy onions, and cheesy sauce for only a buck, that's no surprise. Jim from Tucson, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, guys. I just want to say I took your advice, went to Burger King, I got a new double crispy cheesy burger for a buck. I couldn't be happier. Oh, congratulations. Say, Jim, what was your favorite part of the delicious new double crispy cheesy burger? The flame fresh taste. Well, I'll tell you, it had two big flame broiled patties, plus it had crispy onions and cheesy sauce, too. It was really delicious. Oh, don't forget the price, Jim. Oh, yeah, and it only costs a dollar. It's probably the best purchase I ever made. Probably, Jim. Okay, definitely. Yeah, there it is. is. Get the new double crispy cheesy burger with double the flame fresh taste. In a world of weapons-grade stupidity, your defense is the truth. TNN, the Truth News Network. Let me ask you a question. I'm an opinion guy. I, uh, I know when to share my opinion. I used to just blather it any time and every time. Didn't matter where, what the circumstances was. I, w- I just assumed everybody wanted to know what I thought about what was going on and being discussed. I'm not that way anymore. And let me tell you this. If, if, if you think that we're open and honest and sincere in the United States today, you're deluded. You're telling yourself a lie because so many Americans don't want to talk about it. It's like if you don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. Let me give you an example. In my family, and I mean my immediate family and my extended family on one side of it, that whole family grew up thinking that if you didn't talk about a problem, a real problem, you just kind of put it in the back of your mind and everybody in the family did the same thing, so you just moved on and it was never going to be discussed, so it was never going to be an issue again. Well, Marianne married Dan Newman. Her family's large and extended family, extended family, have a bunch of people, and we all live pretty much in a uh, about a 100-square-mile area, so we have big reunions, and of course now many of the patriarchs are gone on, but here we are, and we're raising children, and we're now raising grandchildren, and that's the way life works. I came from a family where if you didn't talk about a problem, you'd never get the problem resolved. It would never be resolved and it would build up inside you and at some time it's going to explode. Now, what does this have to do with the day and what we're talking about? It's not so much just about what we're talking about. It's about what you and I are looking at and hearing at and watching every part of every day. I'm talking about criminality that's just going through the roof. People, people that seem to be benign. They're not activists. They're not into politics. Many of them are not into gangs and stuff like that, and people like that are just picking up guns and slaughtering people. 
One of the University of Virginia football players who was shot this last weekend, he was asleep. Think about it. The guy was asleep. And then this guy, Christopher Darnell Jones, shot him in his sleep. Devin Chandler was sleeping on a bus that had just gotten back from a school trip to Washington when Jones Jones just opened fire, fatally shooting him. Others on the bus said they watched Chandler slide to the floor after he was shot. The Mail, the Daily Mail, pointed out that Jones allegedly asked one of the victims of this shooting about a video game before pulling the trigger. There was no additional information as to what specific game or what significance the game might have held. Jones was targeting certain people when he began shooting. Now, all these details are just coming out in little tidbits. There's no big get-together to talk about exactly what was going on. In fact, nobody can really figure out what the heck was going on. And there are more and more of these that are happening. In addition to killing Chandler, he wasn't finished. He shot and killed Lavelle Davis Jr., Deshaun Perry. He allegedly shot and wounded Marley Morgan and Michael Hollins. So Jones is facing second-degree murder charges for the deaths of Chandler, Davis, and Perry, and malicious wounding charges in the shooting of Morgan and Hollins. Jones worked at the Charlottesville Boys and Girls Club. Now put that in the context of what happened. This guy was around the most vulnerable of us all, all the time, Charlottesville Boys and Girls Club. What happened to this guy, Christopher Darnell Jones? Nobody knows or nobody's talking about it, but every day, I mean, it's just another day in Chicago every Friday Saturday and Sunday, on Monday morning, we come to work and just do an internet search. How many people were shot and killed in Chicago over the weekend? Oh, only 18? That's not a bad weekend for Chicago. Philadelphia's already had 531 murders this year. What does this say about American society? It says a lot. Now, if you're a mom or a dad... And you're, let's say you're in your 20s or early 30s and you're just beginning to raise a family. Let me challenge you. Interact every day with your children. Put aside some specific time. We're all so stinking busy. We get so busy, we forget to take care of the really important things like our spouses and our kids. And when I say take care of them, I'm talking about communicating with them. Teach them. If you're a man, do this. I've done it. I married into a family, and it was instilled in our two daughters very early. If you don't talk about it, it's like it's not there. But if you don't do that, what does it do? Those things you don't talk about, those incidents that may have happened, conversations that may have happened, they become seeds And those seeds sink into the minds and the hearts and the psyche of everybody that's part of it. And what do seeds do? They grow. And at some point, like Christopher Darnell Jones, we don't know what happened to him, but what he did was acting out 
something that caused him to take those guns and go kill those two people and injure the other ones. And that's happening across the nation more and more and more. And everybody thinks jail is the answer. Well, let me say this. I am a 100% adherent to the Constitution and the rule of law. I think everybody, I don't care who you are, if you break laws, you should be held accountable according to the penalties that were set for it, period. It turned my stomach when President Barack Obama told his Attorney General, Eric Holder, to stop enforcing federal marijuana possession laws, period. Unless it was trafficking. Anybody else, it's okay. Just turn your back on it on the federal level. Well, what did that send? It sent a message to 50 states that every one of them had possession of marijuana laws with penalties included in it. And so all of a sudden, one entire layer of accountability across the government It was indicated by the president that every family should teach their kids, hey, you can smoke it. You can have possession of it. You don't have to worry about the law because the president said you didn't have to. Well, it was still a violation. It was still a broken law in each of the 50 states. So that just pushed down out of D.C. and we dumbed down our entire way of thinking about the rule of law because the president said, hey, it's okay. So what began to happen then? All the rules, all the laws regarding the way people act and the way they are held accountable for breaking those things that they're not supposed to break. It began, the bar began to go lower and lower and lower and lower. And here we are today, and we're all asking the question, why? Why is all this killing? Why is all this plundering of other people's houses, businesses, retail businesses, grocery stores? I heard last night Target has lost $400 million, $400 million so far this year. And during this Christmas time, when it's the biggest part of the year for every retail store, they predicted between now and January 1st, they're going to lose another $200 million. You know where that $200 million is going? People stealing from targets around the United States. Unless we as parents hold our kids accountable for breaking the rules of the family, they're going to learn that breaking the rules is okay. You may get busted sometime, But a certain period of the time, you're not going to get busted. When they grow up, what are they going to think? We planted seeds. And so they're going to look at what they learned when they were in our households, and they're going to live that out in their lives. Christopher Darnell Jones, he's just another name, and he's just another author of some really, really bad illegal actions that cost this, this group of young Americans that had no idea what was about to happen cost them their lives. And it's because of the rule of law. You hear me? The rule of law. If those had been enforced in Chandler's lives, 
This probably wouldn't have happened. If Chandler really thought he was going to pay the supreme price, he probably wouldn't have done it. Now, if he's the type of person that would look at this and he wouldn't care about the consequences, that's a different story. That's a mental problem. But an accountability problem, there's no way you can justify that. We've got to move back in our nation where we hold everybody accountable for their wrongdoing. Moms and dads, wrongdoing among your kids. Teachers, university professors, employers, hold your people responsible for what they did. Now, this segues into a story that has caught the attention of every American. And it's about cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency. And we all know the story about what's happening in that FTX crypto exchange when this, this idiot, this young guy, I mean, he, I say he's an idiot. I don't know the guy. Um, he may not be an idiot. And in many ways, he's actually a pretty sharp guy because he made a lot of money. He made a lot of money quickly. But the problem is he messed up. He really messed up bad. And he's hiding for his mess-ups in the Bahamas. And so we don't know yet the damage that what he did has caused. But a lot of people are looking into it. And a lot of people are looking into it, people that are powerful people. I'm talking about Big time, big time, Tom Brady. I don't know how much he lost in this crash of FTX, but he and a bunch of other very well-known, famous people, people in government, and some agencies, some organizations, and some pension funds invested those funds in FTX. Dogs, the spectacular collapse of one of the world's largest crypto exchanges is being called bigger than Enron, potentially ruining the lives of millions of people. Founder Sam Bankman-Fried, oh good, he's just nasty. He uh, and such an asshat super douche, huge Democrat donor, reportedly holed up in the Bahamas. Lawmakers set to drag him in front of Congress next month to explain how his company lost billions of dollars. And now a bunch of high-profile celebs, including handsome Tom Brady, Shaquille O'Neal, Larry David, they're all included in an $11 billion class action lawsuit for promoting the failed platform in primetime commercials. Earlier this year, Bankman Freed spoke to her own Liz Clayman about regulations that may have prevented his company's collapse. And he was all for the regulations. What a tool. Watch. What do you anticipate will happen? I'm optimistic that over the next year or so, we'll see some really substantial steps forward in the global regulatory environment and the U.S. regulatory environment for cryptocurrencies. Hmm. Gosh, I wonder why he was donating to the party in power. That's so weird. Maybe so he'd have a bunch of friends in office when he got in trouble. Oh, I think a regulatory environment eats sand, jerk. So how did this guy swindle so many people out of so much worth? Joining me now, chief Bitcoin historian at CoinGeek, Kurt Walker Jr. is in the house. Uh, so, Kurt, how did this happen? <sighs> Well, unfortunately, Kennedy, it's a, a symptom of, of a whole lot of things. Uh, I think this actually started a few months back when the 3AC 
uh, company collapsed. Uh, we've seen Celsius collapse. Uh, and now FTX is the biggest domino to fall. But mm. I think the real problem is that they're keeping money on each other's exchanges and everybody's promising each other 10%, 15% yields on holding stable coins. And, and I think they're playing a lot of really crazy games. And uh, I actually think the worst of this news probably hasn't come out yet. Oh, like what? Tell me everything. What do you know? What do you think you know? <laughs> well, just based on all the players, some of the other people that are in the Bahamas, uh, there's Dell Tech Bank, there's Tether Corporation, uh, really the largest liquidity in the entire crypto economy are all tangled up here. Sam, Sam is not an anomaly. Sam ran the number two liquidity exchange on earth. Uh, and, and Binance took them down, but a, a lot of people don't realize Binance also has gone offline a couple of times. When 3AC collapsed, Binance went down. Uh, just today we saw uh, Gemini's Earn platform, uh, as well as Genesis Trading, which is the largest lender in the space. Genesis is uh, one of those companies behind all the other companies do the same thing. They're saying, hey, we're, we're, we're going to take a little pause here. And that's that's really okay, concerning. So, so what happens to these people who were at least theoretical billionaires for a while, including Sam, including CZ, including the Winklevi? What happens to their net worth? Does it evaporate? Uh, were they somehow insulated? Did they insulate each other secretly while grifting, you know, millions and billions of dollars from investors? It, it's possible. I, I, we, we think they're billionaires, but they're paper billionaires. Uh, we don't know that they ever actually had those billions of dollars in the first place. They were largely printing tokens out of thin air. Like the collapse at FTX came from the collapse of the FTT token. Yes. So this was money that they printed out of nowhere. And uh, then it wasn't worth anything. That, that really shouldn't shock anybody. So do you think when, when Sam was appealing to CZ at Binance, do you think he really thought that that other guy was going to help him? Because he really just kind of turfed him the second he got a chance. It's it's hard to know. Uh, CZ has a little bit of that gangster vibe going on, and uh, it's it's hard to know how much power he actually has. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned the Winklevi. I, I actually think they're probably in the best position, given that they are a New York regulated exchange, and they're probably forced to do things well, but. When you're talking about CZ, that's a guy who's had his company in five jurisdictions over the last five years. And, you know, he's, he's running that company out of a bunch of hotel rooms and, and he's always somewhere new. So uh, it, it, it's really hard to know who's actually in charge. Are these people just trying to stay one dollar ahead of the feds? Yes, or, I mean, it, it sounds really like it. And, and they'll figure they'll figure out an environment if, if they can hold on to enough money uh, to skirt their way out of these regulations and out of accountability. So what about average investors, you know, people who were just trying to get into crypto because they had never had a foot in finance before and they felt like it was a level playing field? What should they do? Well, right now, I think they're probably going to luck out, given that some of the biggest names in the world, I mean, the Sequoia Capitals of the world, also got burned here. So yes. some of the best lawyers in the world are going to get hired to untangle this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and mom and pop are probably going to get to uh, be part of a pretty nice class action. But All right. unfortunately, class action suits... What are you getting? Ten cents on the dollar if you're lucky. So well, hopefully, it really is just unfortunate. All these people didn't lose everything. I know Tom Brady has a handsome payday, as handsome as his chin when he comes to Fox. <laughs> Kurt, thank you so much. Great talking to you. We'll talk again. Listen, what do I have to say about cryptocurrency? I'm in crypto, not heavily in. And here at TNN Live, 
We are in the cryptocurrency Philcoin, P-H-I-L-C-O-I-N. And the reason we got into it is it is being used to build the network worldwide where pastors in little rural towns and little rural villages will be able to transact economically without having to use big banks. Now, what's that all about? Well, I think we're looking at what big banks can do, and it looks like if this autocratic government push, if it ever is successful, it's only going to get worse, but cryptocurrency is safe. We've had here twice, actually three times now, one of the founders of Bitcoin and a multi-billionaire named Dunstan Teo, who has recommended live on this show to you, here's the way he says do it. When you ask the question, what about cryptocurrency? Here's the way he said it. What he would advise every person that was listening or from around the world to take 20% of their income and keep it in cryptocurrency. Now, which one, how, whatever. Don't get into it until you get some real education about what it is, what it does, and what the long-term results can be. It doesn't need to be looked at as a get-rich scheme where you buy Bitcoin or some other cryptocurrency when it's really, really, really cheap and you get on the rocket and watch it rise up to epic levels like Bitcoin did and you make a fortune that way. There are thousands, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people that have done that. But that's lucky. What you need to consider Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency, what you need to consider it to be, is a way to have money, your money, safe, where nobody else, including banks, nor your government, can access it without coming through you. That's what this thing was established to be. And Dunstan Teo says, you need to start investing in that so that if and when something happens on a national or international monetary level, you'll be able to be safe because you'll always be able to have it no matter where you go. If you were with us, you heard him say, when he lived in Singapore and he had started several different companies, he had $200 million in a bank, a bank account, a commercial bank account, his company, and he received a phone call from the Bank of Singapore and said the Singaporean government, which basically is the Chinese communist government, that morning they seized his $200 million. No explanation other than that they didn't agree with what he was doing. And so they got his $200 million. But what they didn't get was all of the money, the value that he had in cryptocurrency. And he said, him and five of his employees, they left Singapore and they were 200 million poorer than they were that morning when the bank took that money. But they moved to Dubai. They moved their entire families and their corporate operations to Dubai. Now they had to start from scratch. But guess what they took with them? They took with them billions of dollars value of cryptocurrency that only they could have access to. 
Singaporean government, Chinese government, couldn't take it from them. Not trying to scare any of you. But the sole reason I invested in Philcoin was because we're using it as a ministry outlet for people. It starts with this. He's providing his organization is already providing millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin. They're giving it away, but they're starting throughout villages all across Africa where they have these little pastors that don't have any money, don't have any people that have any money and they're preaching the gospel. And so they give them a cell phone. Now, believe it or not, in many parts, most parts of Africa out in these villages, they have low-level internet service. And they can use these phones and they can get and transact with Philcoin. And if you heard the story about what they did, they put up a group of these people that are involved in Philcoin crypto. Uh, they put up a low-level satellite network over a town in India, and they did an experiment. This town has no banks, and so they do a lot of trade, and uh, they struggle. They have to do everything they do in cash, and they seeded everybody in the village with Philcoin, and they began transacting everything they did by trading Philcoin Merchants would sell and would take Philcoin in return. Grocery stores would do the same thing. And it worked fantastically. So what's the upside for everybody that looks at something like this? Nobody else can access your money. You control it all. That's the good thing about cryptocurrency. When you trade, let's say I trade, I trend do a transaction and it costs me one Bitcoin. Or I want to give my kid going to school money. When you transfer any of your cryptocurrency to someone else, nobody can access it except the person it goes to. And it's a it's a great invention. There's a whole lot more to it. But this cryptocurrency thing, this FTX thing that has just busted a lot of people. It's a horrible situation. And I'm telling you, crypto is something you need to look at if you haven't already. You really do. Because it is something that's out there that is about to kick off even in a greater way than it already has. And it's going to be something we're all going to be involved in whether we want to or not. So I encourage you, find out more about it. And go back. I don't know the specific days that we had Teo on, on the show with us, but you can go back and it's marked in the index of our shows. His name, Dunstan Teo, T-E-O, is in the description of that day's show. You need to listen to what the guy, one of the founders of Bitcoin, and who's a multi-billionaire today, and he's a great Christian guy, and hear what he has to say about cryptocurrency. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, did you hear about the Paul Pelosi incident that happened a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, where his house was broken into and there was this intruder and all of the various stories that have come out about it? NBC did a story 
at the very beginning, the very first international story that was done about what happened. And that video and that story was quickly pulled down by NBC. Why? Because it had some information in the story that made Paul Pelosi look a little bad. And they pulled it down, but guess what? We have it. You'll hear the audio version after this at TNN Live. When playing football, you run up to 120 pitches. You work out 650 muscles. You withstand three times your body weight. You treble your adrenaline production. You raise your heartbeat to 180 times per minute. And in the end, you lose up to three liters of sweat for one goal. This game is not a game. Gatorade works with no artificial colors or sweeteners. Starbucks Via Instant is made with the same 100% Arabica beans served at Starbucks. So it's the only instant with the rich, delicious taste of the Starbucks coffees you love and takes only seconds to make. Starbucks Via Instant, the only instant coffee of its kind. Available in black flavored lattes and iced coffee. Hi, Tom Bodette, quote, checking in on my smartphone. Everyone's checking in nowadays at airports, restaurants, appointments with certain medical specialists. Seriously, people, TMI. Anyway, thanks to the Motel 6 mobile app, you can book a clean, comfortable room at Motel 6 on your smartphone and get a great rate. Then when you get to Motel 6, you can check in after you check in. Your friends will be totes jealous. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. some great guests on the show this week. Of course, you heard just a little while ago, Dr. Eric Naputi from Missouri. You heard him on in his multi-million dollar fight. Actually, the federal government has made claims against him for half a trillion dollars. I mean, his story is just beyond. We we had him on for about 30, 35 minutes, and uh, we're going to have him back. I want you to go to his website, Fight with eric.com eric is spelled e-r-i-c fight with eric.com get the complete information it's a very very professionally produced it's really a sharp website i spent some time on it and it's amazing when you hear everything that has been going on and is going on now because we never hear anything about these things we never hear about our government and any of the stuff that it does that in on its face, looks like it's okay because it's the federal government. But when you look into it, you find out their actions are illegal. We very seldom hear about the facts of that, and this is a case. A half a trillion dollar case. <laughs> I've never heard of that. The federal government going after somebody for a half a trillion dollars. Uh, will they take a check? <laughs> I can write a check. It's okay if they don't go to the bank and try to cash it. I'm in good standing. Well, Paul Pelosi, you remember last year, he got in a little bit of a titter 
because he was driving intoxicated, had a wreck, and uh, he was okay, but it, it did the uh, the person that he was in the wreck with. It destroyed their car. We found out later, Paul was in a Pelosi, and it pretty much destroyed his car as well. But the media played it all down. I mean, we never knew it was serious. Why would they play it down? Why would we never know it was serious? Well, because it's Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's husband. There's still information piece after information piece coming out about that one. But then, last month, another Paul Pelosi story, and this crazed guy broke into his home, and he took a hammer, and he beat Paul Pelosi in the head, fractured his skull. Paul was in the hospital. That's what we heard But we have the very first story, NBC was on the scene very quickly, and they gave a first-hand re-story talking to those that were there, including the police officers. NBC very quickly took it down, but we got it. Here's the audio, that very first story about Pelosi and the Pelosi break-in that happened last month. Craig, good morning. When officers arrived here at the Pelosi home exactly a week ago today, they initially didn't have any idea exactly what was going on. They knew they had a high priority call on their hand. What was unclear, what was happening inside the property just behind me. This morning, Paul Pelosi is home, back at the house that became a crime scene a week ago today. NBC News learning new details about the moments police arrived. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence now revealing when officers responded to the high-priority call, they were seemingly unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured or what his mental state was, say sources. According to court documents, when the officer asked what was going on, defendant smiled and said everything's good. But instantaneously, a struggle ensued as police clearly saw David DePap strike Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. After tackling the suspect, officers rushed to Mr. Pelosi, who was lying in a pool of blood. What we do know is he brutally attacked Mr. Pelosi and attempted to kill him. After spending several days in the ICU, Pelosi, who is recovering from a fractured skull and serious injuries to his arm and hand, is now home where Capitol Police remain on alert. Investigators have previously said Pelosi did not know DePap when the 42-year-old broke into his home. Why Pelosi didn't try to flee or tell responding officers he was in distress is unclear. Fear takes over. Fear freezes people. This morning, the 82-year-old, lucky to be alive after an intruder nearly killed him in his own home. Law enforcement, tell, law enforcement officials tell us the bottom line here is this was a terrifying situation. We still don't know exactly what unfolded between Mr. Pelosi and the suspect for the 30 minutes they were alone inside that house before police arrived. Officials who were investigating this matter would not go into further details about these new details. Craig, back to you. Yeah, one thing's for sure, though. He is lucky to be alive. Miguel Amalgar for us. Miguel, thank you.
My microphone was muted. Oh my gosh. That's the NBC story that was pulled down because it didn't meet the narrative, the political narrative that Nancy Pelosi wanted the media, wanted the people, people of the United States to hear because guess what? There's still more to the story. The rest of the story still to come. That's a wrap on the show today. Thank you for being here. Be back here nine o'clock tomorrow morning. We're going to start the weekend together with a great, great time. See you then. Have a great one. Thank you.